to Potadelphia. My name is Dave Diorio. You can find me on Twitter at fat underscore lobster. And I am joined by two guys who got some spring cleaning done early tonight, you know, with like brooms. What's up, Chuck and Gene? <laughs> um, nothing much, Dave. And I did do a bit of spring cleaning. Um, I had a bit more on than uh, Jake Arietta, but uh, <laughs> um... <laughs> much to the chagrin of all of us. Well, we'll save that for later in the season. We'll save that for later in uh, in the season. Uh, but this is Chuck Siders. You can find me on Twitter at Chuck Siders. You can find the show at Potadelphia. And I'm Gene Zilak, and you can find me at Producer Gene. And I just want to let you guys know, I napped today, so I'm going to be raring to go for this show. Good. Good. You got, got the nappy in. I, I ha- You know how I get when I don't take my nap. So. <laughs> Uh, all right. So, I mean, the, the big the big thing in the city right now is the Phillies. So we have to obviously start there. But where do we even start? Should we just start with tonight's game? We're recording this Sunday night right after Sunday Night Baseball on ESPN. Let's just start with the Sunday night game. Kind of, again, work backwards. Yeah, I like our new um, I like our new inception model. <laughs> so you know, if you piece it together and go f- find out, like at the beginning of the show, I accidentally killed Gene. <laughs> so. uh, um, yeah, this was like the toughest. I, I, it feels like this was the toughest game of the series. This is the most grind-like game that we had. Like game one, just seemed like we won that game based on pure enthusiasm. Yeah, we won that game sometime in the middle of March. <laughs> like, you know, they, had, they didn't really have a chance when they showed up. Yeah, and game two was like a beautiful day. And again, everyone was super excited. And then this game, it's like a cold March night. And it could have, you know, it's typically a game that we would lose. Yeah, and, and especially with the way it started. The way Arietta came out, you know, and he was he was awful. He could barely find the plate. And I remembered back to the last cold, you know, late March game with Arietta's like first start for the Phils. I was at that game and it was a it was a rough day for him. You know, he he turned it around, but it was it was a really rough first outing. And I just had memories of that in that first inning and in that second inning. I didn't think he'd make it to a third. You know, so it 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 felt it felt a lot a lot more bleak it felt a lot more like real baseball like the fact that like this team will lose games at some time but uh it certainly turned around well this is another one of those games where it's like the defensive upgrades made a huge difference and particularly uh at the catcher position because in those early innings Arietta was definitely a Jekyll and Hyde like the first 3 innings Compared to the second, like the the fact that he was able to magician that start into a quality start uh, and go six innings with only one one run given up, um, I mean, like great work, right? But Romuto bailed him out by gunning out what two runners tonight? Yeah, he, he nearly got, had the third. He nearly had the third. Two out of three, and he nearly had the the one in the middle. And uh, here's my 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 thought on. Obviously, and I don't remember this specifically from last year, is there something in his delivery that says run on me? Because the Braves seem to be keying on something. Um, certainly, you're not going to – and they, it's not like they don't know Real, Real Muto. He, he's from the division. Like we all, they, they know defensively he's got the best, uh, you know, from the plate to second base delivery in the league. Yeah, I mean the only thing Alfaro did that's faster than that is eat a hot dog. Right. <laughs> well, and with Alfaro, whether or not Oduble was going to have to make a play on it in center was always the the the, the question. Um, but I think that what we put on it to a certain degree, like what we put on tape is like, yeah, maybe you see something in our pitchers, but like you, you can't run on JT Realmuto the way you can run on Alfaro or maybe any other catcher in the league. The guy is... He's a weapon. It's literally a defensive weapon. You can hold runners because of the guy that's behind the plate now. Right. And uh, I love the uh, the mic'd up Reese Hoskins, or as as A-Rod would say, Reese Haskins. Haskins. Um, just just goading players to run on him. Yeah. The, the, you almost had it. You almost. You would have had it that time. 
um that was good that was good so uh yeah and then um again the bats the bats come to life uh mccutcheon hits another home run and uh who's the other guy that went yard tonight um i can't remember his name bh um (laughs) yes uh, bryce harper hit another freaking (laughs) goddamn moonshot man oh man that did this one go further than the last? No, he... it went higher than the last. It was oh, okay. about it was a th- like in the three sixties. Uh, the the one that he hit on Saturday was what was it four four sixty five four sixty five. Yeah, Yowza. I mean the his home runs are beautiful. Uh, uh, they're majestic. Like, yeah, they're just they're works of art. And before we go more on the Harper love fest, which I think we have allotted for 45 minutes of this show. (laughs) Uh, Man, my man McCutcheon, man, I, I was excited when we signed him. And then I wondered like, well, is his prime behind him? Like what sort of player are we really getting? But I was really excited to see him in the leadoff spot and he's delivered. He is. uh, This team is so different from last year it's it's a completely different experience but it's you just have a threat to start off you know you have somebody's going to get on base or hit a home run it's he has totally delivered so far yeah i mean mccutcheon leads off the season with a with a home run Mm -hmm. which basically just the the i mean citizens but i didn't get to see the game because i was working and i actually have a job where i can't watch the game but um it felt like Citizens Bank Park was a powder keg, and just the first swing of the bat just ignited it. Well, it was literally the first strike thrown to this team for the season. Well, it was two balls, and then that pitch. Yeah, it was two, 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 nothing, two balls you couldn't that were nowhere near the plate. You couldn't swing at the first thing that got anywhere near the plate. Just went out of the stadium. Like I don't know how you draw up how you wanted to start the year better than literally that at bat. Like. It was amazing. No. Um, yeah, but it will be interesting to see what this, how this team evolves throughout the season, and kind of thinking about where we're at right now, and you know what this team will look like at the All Star break. You know, I don't know that McCutcheon is your lockdown leadoff hitter for the for the entire season. Are you guys like committed to that? I, I'm at least committed to it for the uh, the short term. Are you thinking of moving him to that six hole? Uh, I I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it just seems like it's a um, it's again, it's too early. It's too early to make to make an assessment like that. I'm just not 100 percent convinced that he's my long term leadoff guy. And and, well, that's uh, something I was thinking of after I made the statement of I was worried about his age. Well, it's the third game of the season, season, you know, like his age shouldn't really be a factor just yet. Getting that all-star break, we're going to see some adversity. You know, he might be a little banged up here or there. His effectiveness certainly could drop off. And then, you know, maybe the leadoff spot isn't a great spot for him. But oh, one through five, I love this lineup. <laughs> yeah, it's super fun to watch. Hey, just as random question at which spots in the batting order uh cannot be referred to as the blank hole the eight hole the seven hole the six hole the five hole the four hole like is there a is there a time when you stop calling it the hole i've never heard anybody refer to it as the one hole i I was (laughs) just gonna say that (laughs) And, and cleanup is pretty universal you know yeah you don't hear a lot of the four hole yeah yeah, nine it seems hole. like the lower, the low. <laughs> nine hole. You already got in the nine the lo- hole. I feel like hole is reserved for six through eight. Yeah, I think that that's right. Yeah, there's not real. Yeah, there's no two hole. I yeah, mean, a lot of it's like hitting second, hitting third, hitting fifth. Yeah. And then, but then you're in the six hole. But then you're in the six hole. Yeah, it's right in the mid. That middle. That. That's where the 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 uh, what do you want to call it? The the terminology changes. All right, so the first five holes are reserved for hockey. So <laughs> you got your one hole, right, your right, hole, right, your right. Hole, that makes sense. Your five hole. Then we switch to baseball, just like Yuppie did, 
and then we get the six hole, seven hole, I like eight that. hole. Again, more and then more... then into mass holes. So, <laughs> yeah. Oh wow. So more tangents. You know what my kids my kid calls the five hole. He says megged. Have you heard that before? Like Meg? I megged no. I megged that guy. Like the five know, hole in hockey mean? or the five hole in baseball? Yeah, no, the five hole in hockey. Like if he, uh, you know, sh- he kicks a soccer ball or shoots a puck or whatever, and it goes between legs, he goes, oh, I megged that guy. No, I've never heard. Have you asked him to to uh, like, elaborate yeah. on that? He goes, oh, it's just what it's called. And I'm like, no, it's, you, you got it in the five hole. And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, No, I've never okay. heard of me- If you've heard it, uh, <laughs> hit us up at Philadelphia. <laughs> yeah. Find out if Dave should stop telling his son to saying this. Like, yeah, I know. Is, really I feel like I'm saying something bad. Is it like racially offensive? Is it hashtag megged? Offensive to women? I don't know. Yeah, well, I, I, that's that's where my thing was going. Where it's like well, with Meg from that uh, Family Guy. Like they always make fun of her. Like I have no idea. Does she even have anyway, legs? Back, back to the Phillies. <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, we talked about McCutcheon taking the lid off, but, man, Saturday when Bryce Harper finally unloaded that. Finally. (laughs) We had to wait a whole, like, six at-bats. Yeah, was it six at-bats? Well, well, the thing is, is I was actually starting to go, when does Bryce Harper going hitless start to become a thing? And the fact that that was erased so early on is quite a relief. Well, to a certain degree, and you guys tell me whether you believe this or not, because we, we, we've kind of talked a little bit off offline, but I feel like watching the national broadcast today, there was a little bit more of an indication as to, to how my, my feelings on this particular issue has kind of solidified. So th- were, were there boos opening day, and do oh you God. think it was a spattering of boos? Was it uh, a, a large amount of boos? Do you agree that he should have been booed? Uh, what are your feelings on Boo Gate? Jesus, Scott Gene, did you notice I did not put this in the outline? <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, let me let me scroll. Yeah, no, don't. All right, don't we're gonna s- boo you, Gene. <laughs> don't don't see it. That's so, strange. <laughs> this is the like the no storyest story that ever no story storied. I think that there probably were some drunk assholes that booed and it got picked up by who who ran with that? Some guy from the NJ um NJ.com. NJ.com. I, I didn't read the article. I saw people reacting to the article. I did not hear any boos. Um I didn't get to watch the game. I listened to it while you know diligently doing my job um but i listened to <laughs> look i i was uh, not diligent doing my job i'll just i'll say it right up front i i got nothing done thursday <laughs> <laughs> um, but i didn't hear any booze it would be like you know there's always a couple people it's like the person who uh, boos or shouts like let's go flyers during the moment of silence or something like it's yeah it, it's not a story. A, a couple people. It's not a stadium full of people booing him. And and here's it, the here's here's the thing. Uh, most of those people got there on Thursday at like nine a.m. So by the time three o'clock rolled around, they were well lubricated. Oh, it was Mike. It was Mike Sealski. Oh, is Mike Sealski? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So here's the here's. I, I'm gonna read you the the Twitter exchange here. So, um. Ryan Wait, Lawrence. Somebody somebody was yelling at Mike Sealski on Twitter, and it and wasn't, wasn't me. You. Yeah, it <laughs> yeah. wasn't you. So Ryan Lawrence says, see, here's the thing. Someone is now taking this as news because one of the thousands of clickbaity sites posted this story. This was in no way a fair characterization of what actually went on in his first day in a Phil's uniform um, because a, a national syndication wrote, never change Philly, and then the quote to the story or whatever. Um and then someone said, uh, well, writers like Mike Sealski uh, feeding the narrative don't help either. So Sealski writes, oh, stop. Some people booed him. Deal with it. And then the response was, and that was the major takeaway from his first game in Philadelphia and a fair representation of the way the player and the team celebrated their first day together in the regular season. Therefore, it should be a headline for a story from a major publication. Got it. 
<laughs> and then Silski said, I said none of that. I was responding to the notion that by tweeting something that happened, I was, quote, furthering a narrative and therefore shouldn't have tweeted something that happened. And then Marcus Hayes jumps in. Which oh, is like, fuck me. Marcus <laughs> Hayes is now in on this. And he says the notion that Bryce Harper getting booed in his third at bat as a Philly is not news is absurd. Here are four stories in which booing is anticipated by Worth Schmidt and Dawkins, whatever. Um, and then they just go on to argue whether it's like clickbaity or not, but whatever. It's like that. Anybody who watched that game sees nothing but like love and enthusiasm um, and just sheer joy that baseball is back in Philadelphia. And if that's not your takeaway from everything that went on in the stadium this weekend, you're brain dead. Here's my other thought. And and maybe this is me just being kind of like a rose-colored glasses kind of person. But let me tell you, if I had gone to – I've gone to other stadiums, and I have booed their best player. I've done it. I admit it. I have gone to other stadiums, specifically baseball stadiums, and I have booed the best player at a road game. Like their home stadium, I'm booing them. Uh, I booed Albert Pujols in St. Louis. I did it. Sue me. Is it possible <laughs> – that there were Braves fans in that stadium that may have booed Bryce Harper. Uh, maybe, and and that, that's certainly a possibility. Or it's a handful of drunk fans. And then I I didn't read the articles because I didn't care. But if you're saying it was his third at bat, I think there is a very good chance that those boos were sarcastic. It was like, and I'm blanking on his name, the relief pitcher who got into a tizzy. Um, when his fastball didn't hit 100 miles oh, an hour. Billy Wagner. Billy, Billy Wagner. Wagner. Thank you. And it's like, oh, they, they booed when I didn't hit 100 miles an hour. It was a joke. Yeah, it was it sarcasm. Was, people were, yeah, people were rooting for you so hard that you miss 100. It's like, boo. Like, it's, I, it's like, if, that, if it was his third at bat and he hadn't hit a home run yet and he hadn't anything yet, I think that the likelihood that it was – Probably drunk fans still, but sarcastic booing I think would be huge. I don't even. I might I, even. Do I don't it. even want to talk about this. I mean, do yeah, we really want to talk, do we talk? Let's talk about some more fun stuff because so many great things happened this weekend with the Phillies. It's like I don't want to get caught up in like a couple of people booing and then the national media is going like, yeah, when someone is on friggin' life support because they went to a Dodgers game. Wait, what? I didn't hear that. Yeah, I guess someone had an altercation in the parking lot. I, evidently, the altercation was not sports-related, but he's basically on life support now in a hospital because somebody, like, clocked him. Whatever. Uh... Let's talk pure joy. Let's talk <laughs> pure joy, get back to Bryce Harper, get to one of our favorite subjects of fashion Delphia. And... <laughs> I still wanted to talk about the home runs for a second. Oh, okay. Well, we'll do that. We'll do that. Yeah, so can we talk about the handshakes? <laughs> who, who does who is your favorite uh Bryce Harper home run handshake with? I feel like this is not even a close race. It's him and him and, Franco, and Mike, right? right? Like the 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 bow and arrow like that thing is a thing of beauty. Like that is a great If I was going to have a handshake with somebody, I think that is the a piece I would work into the handshake. It's interesting that Franco comes up so cuz he bats eighth. Yeah. Um that he's got the best one where you think it would be Reese. Yeah. But I think that Reese and, and, and uh, Harper have just kind of decided to embrace the we're have huge arms. So we're just going to like smash them together. And that's going to be our handshake. Well, the new bash brothers, you know, <laughs> like, I don't want to do the math and find out how old they were. And, you know, 1989. Oh, God. no, 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 they weren't born yet. Um, <laughs> But uh, and they kind of borrow a little bit of the Jordan Matthews, Carson Wentz, mm. uh, like business. Yeah. Business like, you know, taking care of business kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I do. I put I do put Reese at number two. Yeah. Uh, there is this one uh, celebration with a uh, small gentleman that he does in the dugout where they just kind of stare off. <laughs> who, uh, who is who, that? Is that Caesar? No. no. This is guy. This is a guy who's not playing baseball. Oh, what, you think Gingry? it's the Bat Boy? <laughs> <Gingry>? <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> and not Nick Williams either. At, at, at any point, do they like like during the game? Do they just walk over to Kingery and take his hat off and rub his head for good luck? <laughs> yeah, he <laughs> makes way too much money to be doing that. <laughs> uh, Relatively not though. But. Is uh, the only I, way that Scott Kingery's bat's going to see a home run this year is if Bryce Harper, bar- Harper borrows it? <laughs> I'm not sure I like the McCutcheon one either. I think they need to rework that one. They need to workshop that one a little bit better. The only one I'm like, they definitely need to keep is the Franco one, and I'm doing that in the office. Yeah, it's perfect. (laughs) It's perfect. It is kind of like a bow and arrow, but I don't know. Yeah, it's it's almost like the kind of thing you would see in like a really good tag team, like – like after they put their final finishing move on somebody, they they do that. It's it's great. Yeah. I like the distinction of a really good tag team. <laughs> yeah, like, no, not not demolition <laughs> when they brought Spike in. You Crush, know, no, Chuck. No, no. His name was Crush. Oh, Crush. I don't know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> Wrestling from like thirty years ago. All right. <laughs> so fairly on brand for this show. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, uh, Bryce Harper, uh, Fashion Adelphia, Chuck. Go lead us through this. <laughs> well, the I think the main well, there are two, both fanatic related. Um, but the the t shirt scene around the world of the fanatic and gritty, uh, straight out of pulp fiction, but with hot dog gun and t shirt cannon. Um, that was a thing of brilliance. You can buy it all over the internet from a whole bunch of people claiming that they made the one that Bryce is wearing. <laughs> but do we know? Do we know who actually designed that shirt? What was that? What, what was the site? South Fellini. That was the first one um, that our uh, mutual friend here, friend of the show, Tim, uh, shared with us, and I. I don't know if that's the official one. Obviously, it's you know not official because no one owns the rights to you know Pulp Fiction, Gritty, and the Fanatic. So it's one of those you know local T-shirt companies. But I I don't know who to properly credit it to. Hmm. Interesting, interesting. But what a coup to get that on Bryce Harper on opening day, man! Like, oh yeah, yeah. And then uh, the Fanatic cleats. Which I feel like this story was kind of like, oh, what a nice story until tonight. I feel like tonight, what happened with those tonight really is have taken that to a new level. Well, what happened tonight, Gene? When they when the fanatic went up to visit the uh, the broadcast booth for ESPN, A Rod decided he was going to sniff them. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had the and not just kind of like a, point. but like full like over the mouth. Nose in, like, big To verify, buff. basically to verify if they were game-worn. I don't know. I mean, it was pretty clear that they were, but I, I think that A-Rod just might have a foot thing. Maybe that's what it is. Oh, wow. You've heard it here, folks. You've heard it here first, folks. Breaking news. Um, oh, my God. Uh, the the fanatic visit to the to the ESPN booth today was a little strange. Don't you think? It was a little awkward, right? Well, I feel like that booth is so boring that you inject anything that has any life into that booth, and it, it's, it's, it starts to, like, you know, it's like putting light against evil. You know what I mean? It, it's They don't like it. They don't like fun in that booth. <laughs> well, well, and also, the Fanatic doesn't like A-Rod. Like, if you saw that, that segment. Nor should he. Like, no, he shouldn't. But he got <laughs> straight in A-Rod's face. And not in the I'm going to kiss you kind of way, but in the like I'm here to prevent you from doing your job. Yeah, it was like messing with his tie and stuff. And I just don't think that the, that group, uh, Jessica Mendoza, A Rod, and was that Matt Vas- Vascursion? Yeah, um, th- know how to interact with uh, a creature that can't talk. <laughs> yes, <laughs> basically. <laughs> Uh, although Jessica Mendoza was very uh, enthralled with the fanatic sticking his tongue out, yeah, she she was kind of into that. Yeah, what did so she had a quote that she said, "Oh well, he has the <laughs> when Matt Vaskersian pointed out that the fanatic can't talk." Uh, Jessica <laughs> Mendoza hilarious. said, "He has that thing that comes out of his mouth." <laughs> You, you mean his tongue? There's a word for that. <laughs> that thing that comes out of his mouth. 
And, and just to backtrack a moment to properly credit it is correct. That is South Fellini um, uh, appears to be the creator of the original uh, Bryce Harper t-shirt. Oh, good job by South Fellini. Do you think yeah. they were just like out front of the stadium, like with a bin of them, like as Bryce arrived and they were like five bucks uh, for a t-shirt, five bucks for a t-shirt. Like a, they're just, they're like a boutique t-shirt shop, right? Basically. Uh, yeah. And uh, I think they're, either on South Street or off of South Street. They also did the uh, sort of Anatomy of Gritty shirt. Oh, that one was a, that was a great one, too. Oh, yeah. So that's... Oh, is that like the Da Vinci style? Well, it's... Yeah, like a like crosshatch, like a cross-section oh, 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 thing. Oh, no, that's different. Where okay. it's like a gritty x-ray and, you know, that sort of thing. I, I've seen that one around before. I'm going to give this guy a follow on Instagram. <laughs> that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. <laughs> Yeah, I always like watching um like I I appreciate that he gave a you know cre- like gave promotion to a local artist and shop owner like I think that's great. I also appreciate uh how Sixers Outsiders uh does that as well on yeah. uh on Comcast. I think that that's super cool although I know a lot of people on Twitter give those guys um a lot of crap about like looking unprofessional on television or whatever, but I, whatever. I, I actually really enjoy that show. Honestly. I think it's cool. I bought t-shirts because I've watched that show and yeah. like, wow, that's, that's, that's a cool t-shirt. So yeah. I buy them. Um, whatever. Anyway. Uh, so the fanatic cleats, are they, are, is that a one and done situation? Are those cleats like retired now? Where would you put them? Like just on display somewhere at like, Next to the uh, next to the oh, bell on well, the I think third base. I put them on my feet. I put them on my feet for more games. Is what I would <laughs> Although you did go zero for three and got booed, so I mean, you know, maybe you want to. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if you if we've heard if we hear in a couple weeks that those things got auctioned off for charity. Very honestly, yeah, I, that's probably what would happen. Because I bet you um, those things would fetch a pretty penny. Uh, so really, Bryce Harper's biggest contribution in the opening game was beginning walked. Right. I feel like that's going to be one of Bryce Harper's biggest con- contributions this season because it, it requires with him, it requires the skill that he brings as well as his bat speed is his eye. And there are a lot of players who would swing it a lot worse junk than what Bryce Harper seems. To, he's, he seems to know where his strike zone is and what he's willing to swing at. And if you don't throw balls there, you're I'm not going to go chasing after it. And, and yeah, we've well, seen a certain power hitter in this city who just couldn't lay off the the outside breaking oh ball. God. Another left-handed power hitter, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like the Barry Bonds thing, right? Like that was that was the other half of his skill set, right? Was right. being able to see the strike zone. I mean, the other half of that was steroids, but. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, steroids didn't enhance Barry bench. Bond's eye. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so far, um, again, small sample so- uh, size. I've been really pleased with the the plate discipline. Um, not o- doable tonight, like when the Braves pitcher couldn't get it across the plate, and he's just like, "I'm gonna hit a homer." Like, no, don't swing. Well, and and A Rod right before he comes up, being like, "Oh, this is clearly a moment where he's going to throw the ball right." You know, you've got to be up there looking at a fastball down the middle. I was like, "This guy hasn't thrown a fastball anywhere near the plate in like four four batters." So, until I am convinced that you can throw me a strike, I am not swinging at anything. Yeah, but like Oduble is not A Rod, and A Rod is talking like what A Rod would do, right? And A-Rod is a Hall of Famer and Odubel also on steroids is not. Well, we didn't talk about what portion of, of A-Rod's talent is steroids. Maybe it's not half. I th- I'd, I'd say 25. I wish steroids <laughs> could enhance his personality, though. Oh, there it is. <laughs> Wait, well, let's backtrack to the, the point Dave was making about the walk heard around the world to intentionally walk harper to get to reese and walk the bases loaded like that's i mean i get the logic behind it but that was playing with fire and obviously they got burned with that grand slam 
How many lineups can you remember where you're walking the bases loaded to get to the cleanup hitter? Can you think of that happening in any other lineup ever? With, with like zero outs? I thought they had one out or something, but it was certainly it wasn't like one out. Yeah, it was no more than one. I thought it was zero also. Yeah. And it was uh, what a one run game at the time. Uh, two run game, I think. A two run, run game. I, think you're right, Gene. I, I don't know. I just think that's like way too much thinking about it and just go get the guy in front of you. I mean, I'm not a Braves fan, but so whatever. But um, no, I mean, that's the power here. I mean, Reese Hoskins may be the most important player on the Phillies now in this position because if people pitch around Bryce, he's got to make them pay. Right. And the amazing thing is right now we have a very good balance of handedness. Um, If you think back to like the 08 team, one of the, one of the Achilles heels of, of that good offense was that you could, if, if the lineup was put together in a particular way on a particular day, you could really throw a wrench into that team. Like, especially if like a right-handed starter had started the game, sometimes Charlie would load that top of the lineup with a lot of lefties. And you could really kind of at the, at the late in a game, you could throw in a left-handed specialist and kind of, you know, put the brakes on, on our offense it's impossible. I, I don't think that there's any way to find out, and I hope nobody ever does figure out, how to put the brakes on this offense. Because tonight, I think what they showed you is we we can beat you in so many different ways. We can hit the ball out of the ballpark. We can wait for walks. We can get little hits. We we scored, what, two runs in an inning without getting a hit? It's amazing. Yeah. This offense is just, it's the, it's the most non-Phillies offense I think I've ever seen. Well, and every night, someone's going over. Or at least so far, there's been a night where every where someone has you know not played well, and it doesn't really matter, right? Yeah. I mean, yesterday or Saturday, uh, Segura struck out three times, and they were saying like this is never going to happen, right? And we don't we don't necessarily need everybody to be on their A game every night. We just kind of have not everybody be off. It. At the same time, and as long as Bryce and and Reese don't both aren't off at the same time, then that they should still be able to complement each other. the 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 thing that's amazing is once you get past those two guys, it's not like you can take a break because guess who you have coming up fifth? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, Real Muto and uh, Reese are going to benefit so much coming up after Harper because. I think it, uh, Reese had the quote, uh, and Gene, you repeated in our chat of, you have to pitch to somebody. You know, like you, you have to pick your poison. If you're not going to pitch to Harper, you got, you know, Reese right behind him. If you're not going to pitch to Reese, you got real Muto. And like, one of the ways that the Braves tried to solve that puzzle was to just walk the three of them. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> and that's the beautiful thing about baseball is, you know, you can, Delay the inevitable, delay the inevitable, delay the inevitable, but eventually you run out of places to put people, pitches to bank, and the action gets forced, and you have to you have to put something somewhere where someone can hit it. And uh, this is a team that, that's able to hit it. Now, Reese, uh, you know, on the opening day, uh, Reese picked up all the pieces um, on that uh, with that opportunity, but he has months months mm-hmm. where he goes cold he's a he's a month on month off kind of power hitter but do you think that it's possible because we have a you know we've used this phrase a couple of times tonight we we have a relatively small sample size with him is it possible now with the kind of protection he has in this lineup that he's just going to see enough good pitches that he he should be able to stay you know have bad games uh, you know, but he shouldn't go into those prolonged slumps because he's just going to see too many fastballs. Yeah, Gene, I was wondering the same thing. Uh, and, and I don't have the numbers. I don't even know what sort of numbers we'd have to look at to see if his cold streaks before came from being the big threat in the Phillies lineup. Now there's just so many threats that, all right, he, he goes on a slump but, you know, if they're avoiding Harper to get to him and they're like, well, you know, Hoskins is cold, let's pitch to him. You know, maybe like you're saying, Gene, he's going to get the fastballs to hit. Well, and the and other thing maybe is these slumps are just shorter. You can't discount the idea that taking him out of left field and getting all of that stuff out of his head because he was 
statistically absolutely one of the worst left fielders in the history of baseball last year. Like that's that's a given. And if you watched him play left field, you know that that had to bother him. It had to get into his head that he was a liability at his defensive position. Now you put him back, kind of like we said, addition by subtraction, getting rid of Carlos Santana, putting Reese Hoskins back at his at, at first base where he's way more comfortable. He can really concentrate on what he knows how to do, and that's hit the ball really hard a really long way. Mm-hmm. Now, have we had an error yet in these three games by the Phils? Which I don't think we have. And can we can we remember a three game stretch last season where there hasn't been a feeling error? <laughs> like uh, I'm taking a look right now. No, we averaged one a game. Yeah. I mean, literally, I think we, we had like we really 160 did. some errors last season. Well, and the amazing thing is, we we talked about it a little bit as we were going in. I don't think that I quite fully appreciated what it felt like to watch a team play major league level defense that's the the (laughs) Phillies did not play like they didn't have to become the best defense in baseball history they just needed to get up to major league level defense last year and 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 we can already see that having in its effect because if they were so bad they were they were putting themselves in the holes last year simply because they could not get out uh you know what else Reese Hoskins is good uh, Reese Hoskins is good at Avoiding uh, pitches thrown at his face. Yeah, thank God. Because uh, he had to duck them like three three nights in a row. Do you think that there was a little bit of like that's baseball trying to police itself tonight? Or do you think that Brace pitching just has no control? I, I don't know. I mean, I, I didn't think about it before tonight. The first two times were kind of like, I don't know, whatever. Uh, but now... With this one tonight, I don't know. Is someone is someone angry at Reese or is this? I feel like they have to be the the one tonight that got the guy tossed. That was it was either going to plunk him, like well, I mean it did, but I mean it was intentional. It was we're going to go hit you and we're going to hit you high, you know. So that was on purpose. That was did he strut during the grand slam and we didn't see it. No more than anybody else does any day, like anymore. You know what I mean? It's yeah. it's hard to say that you don't get shown up in baseball anymore. Like it's kind of become a show up league. You know what I mean? There, there's a lot less of that. You know, Mike Schmidt was saying during the game on Saturday uh, after um, Harper hit his that he tried to not be noticed when he would hit his home runs. And to a certain degree, I was like, you know, that sounds like a lot of hindsight. But then I actually went and watched some highlights of Michael. Jack Schmidt hit home runs, and he really didn't do anything. He just did his trot and went back to the... Like, there was not a lot... But we're talking about two generations removed from what Mike Schmidt was doing in the 80s and what's happening now. Like, you can't really compare how players carry themselves in the league now versus the way that they carried themselves in, in, in the 80s. It's just not... It's not the same thing. And... I know that baseball has this unspoken rule the same way the way hockey does. And, you know, I, I don't think people want to admit it, but if I was the Braves, maybe there was a certain amount of, like, we have to show that we are not just a bunch of bottom-feeding, like, you can just kick us kind of team. Like, this is a team that was won the division last year by eight games. Like, we're the clear, you know, and that's basically, this is basically the same team coming back. Like, this is a team that has a lot of respect. And... Uh, to get to a certain degree shown up by this Phillies team, they've got to be pissed. Well, any team coming in here first was going to run into a buzzsaw. I mean, they, it's it's like a playoff atmosphere there. Um, so maybe they got caught up in that. I don't know. Yeah. I guess we'll it, see. Maybe I mean a, a rivalry with the Braves is not the worst thing in the world. No. Well, I think we'll have a. Uh, I think. A lot of people are going to have a rivalry with the Phillies right now. I think the Nationals rivalry is going to be hotter and more intense. <laughs> we, we we got a little uh, NC-17 there. But it's going to be hotter and more intense than it ever has been. This is this is Jason Oh, Moore. my God. Are those games going to be on Cinemax? <laughs> <laughs> um, they, they probably should be because it's going to be – it's going to be brutal. I don't know what 
brutal is not the right term for baseball, but it's going to be heated. It's going to be competitive. And it at really least amongst is... the fans, right? I mean, the fans are going to want blood. The fans are going to want blood, and the, the team's going to feed off that. They probably have no ill will against you know Harper right now. But if you know, if people are predicting the Nats to take the division and the Phils steamroll them every time they play them, well, it, that's going to get sour pretty quick. And The Nats did not have a great opening se- series either. They got rocked a little bit. No, they had their hands full at the Mets. Yeah, and and all that can change. I mean, we we are spending a lot of time talking about March baseball, which is probably. <laughs> but I mean, we're excited here. But you know, hey man, the Flyers are done. The Flyers oh. are done. The Sixers are locked in. It's off season for the Eagles. I mean, what's what, what, what oh no, no 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 no. This is what I want to talk about. This is what okay, the whole okay. city's Let's talking about. Sure. No, but yeah. what I'm saying is, it's March baseball. Like things change. You know, the the guy who can't pitch, you know, in March in the first three weeks of April, you know, he can still, you know, be a Cy Young winner. You know, it's it's extremely early. So You know if, what? You can't win the division in March. But you, you can can't lose, lose it. it either. Okay. Maybe uh. <laughs> <laughs> April. But it's and it's encouraging to see the Nats struggle, but I'm not putting too much stock into it. No, no, no. And the degree of difficulty goes up for the Phillies because you're going to face pitchers much better than what you saw tonight. Oh, yeah. And Julio Tehran. Oh, the Braves just not, they don't have great pitching. Yeah, I, I actually thought that, you know, we were going to have the, the biggest problem with our starting pitching. And that maybe is the, the maybe burying the lead a little, bit, a little bit here in this first series. We did not get good pitching. Like, you know, we got okay pitching, but the um, the thing that I think impressed me is all of our starters were able to gut out good performances or uh, solid performances, I should say. Um, no, Nick Pavetta's performance was not solid. Okay. But Jake Arrieta... <laughs> I, think, up, I take offense to that. <laughs> Jake Arrieta had a one-run line and did... Uh, and I think that that's the... And Nola only gave up one run. Right? They only gave up one. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they they battled. Um, They battled. I just think it's going to be a problem all year, and we have to do something at the deadline, especially if Arietta is not going to be, like, a decent number two. We we don't have to wait till the deadline. Dallas Keuchel is no, no, I get it. on I, the market. Dal- just call him up. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Because the, the Braves probably are on the, got on the phone with him as soon as they lost left the field tonight. If if I was the Braves, <laughs> that's what I would have done. Yeah, maybe that's the answer. I, I I don't know. It doesn't seem like there's any. Are there any rumors floating around about Keuchel? I his heard his agent sent out a a tweet that was essentially like we're fielding lots of offers, but I okay. I don't understand how if you've had if you had an offer by the week before the season started why you didn't take it. I, I don't know. My only yeah. my only thought is that he is just dead set on I want a five year deal and nobody's offering him more than three. Like that's the uh, only thing I can think could be the hold up. Hey, before we get too far in, I want to talk about a doable Herrera for a second. Um it, is he presenting beautifully this year? <laughs> you mean like his hair? No, I don't that was a quote from last year. So Sports <laughs> Illustrated. Have you guys seen this uh this story about Sports Illustrated and their pre their MLB previews? Oh, is this the uh the the idiot that Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The, so the I want to read the scout. quote. Chuck, have you heard this? I have not. I have so, not. All right, so they released their previews for like all the teams and in the Phillies section um, they asked like an unnamed scout here, name the guy or guys on this team you would never want in your clubhouse. And the unnamed scout said, uh, this is the quote, Herrera, I'm an old school guy who likes guys who run balls out and run off and on the field and are focused on playing the game the right way. He's the antithesis of Brett Gardner. He's like a clown. From what I understand, it was a controversial signing initially because none of their baseball people could stomach him, but Matt Klentak liked him because he's a likable goofball kid. So they ended up putting the cash in his pocket, and what they've gotten out of it is a fucking dog who's hurt them more than helped them. Wow. 
is this racism? This is this is racism. Like right? it, you, it hits all of those like stereotypical. Like I'm not gonna say something that's racist, but like these are the 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 codified language that we've we've added. You know that if you if you're paying half attention, you kind of can read between the lines that basically he's saying that. Especially when he uses the the comparison to Brett Gardner, right? <laughs> White guy on the Yankees. White guy on the Yankees. And uh, and you called a human being a dog. Yeah. Yeah. Called but him being a dog. After you... you've called him a clown. <laughs> yeah, a clown. And you're mad that he got paid. Yeah. Also is in there too. Yeah, questioning his work ethic, calling him a clown. Yeah. So yeah. they revised they revised the statement. Here's the revised statement. Herrera, the unnamed, the old... unnamed scout revised it? No, he, uh, Sports Illustrated revised it. Okay. Herrera, I'm an old school guy who likes guys who run balls out and run off and on the field and are focused on playing the game the right way. From what I understand, it was a controversial signing internally. What they've gotten out of him is a player who's hurt them more than helped them. Wow. Well, that really takes all of the tone out of it. Yeah. But it, it doesn't it doesn't make it that much better. Like it, it still has that tinge of um, that. You know, white guys are smart players, and 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 non-white players are 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 not. You know, or you know, the the old basketball phrasing. You know, look, check out that athlete versus check out that smart player. Like, it was awful. Like that was something that like you would hear in every single NBA game when a white guy would come off the bench. Here come, oh, there's there's Christian Leitner. What a smart player. He's <laughs> gonna come shoot some threes. <laughs> <laughs> No, but they they really did. Uh, I, I'm more inclined to agree with you, Dave. Where they put in some plausible deniability, you know, by taking out the like he's a fucking dog and and a you know, clown and clown and goofball and just you know taking some of the vitriol out of it. It can just be well, you know, a lot of people, you know, you know, don't run out, you know, ground balls or whatever case may be. So your ears perk up but not enough to go yeah this is a blatantly racist statement with the whole statement it's like yeah there's there's not much you can presume outside of it it's it's pretty damn racist <laughs> and baseball yeah, has got a long storied history with racism oh yeah sure of course um <laughs> that, that should be his special episode a, a real pick me up <laughs> yeah racism in baseball's history philadelphia focused <laughs> One of fifty-two part series. <laughs> um, what else should we talk about? Uh, we have uh, cheesesteaks were highly profiled in tonight's uh, national broadcast. Any uh, any surprises? I mean, Philadelphia cheesesteaks, right? It did look like new footage, though. I will I will say that <laughs> <laughs> they needed some high def uh, footage. Yeah, I feel like they, they did finally like find some some uh, like a new person making a new cheesesteak tonight. And I love how this broadcast team is like, oh, Philadelphia cheesesteaks. I've never had these before. What do well, these we, taste like? <laughs> pick, there's red stuff on mine. If you ever come to Philadelphia, there's a little known <laughs> delicacy you have to try. Oh, my God. But if we want to pick on the, the broadcast team, and there's a lot to pick on. There was later in the broadcast, I think it was, you know, talk of – Oh, Philly fans are, are greeting, you know, Bryce warmly. But there's going to be a time, and I think it's Jessica Mendoza said, like, I don't want to say they're going to turn on him, but, you know, what happens when Bryce struggles and what happens this, what happens there? And it's like, yeah, it's not always going to be this way. And I think that's true, but I think that's why Bryce is here. You don't come to Philadelphia for people who are going to pull up, you know, clap politely and go good job Bryce we know you're trying you know you come here for passion you come here for you know people who are going to boo the radar gun you we are a good sports town any athlete who plays here you know who wants to compete and wants to win will tell you that right and it was just so it was so lazy you know because you can always go to San Diego if you want like zero like needle moving comments from from your, a fan base, go to the most beautiful weather in the world. I'm sure they'd be happy to have you. 
But that look at that. Look at this week. You got playoff atmosphere baseball in March here. Yeah. You think it's like that at Petco? No, it's not like that at Petco when they're in the World Series. It's <laughs> not like that in the Bronx. I mean, it's just this is nuts. This atmosphere yeah. is nuts. I mean, it's unsustainable, but it's nuts. <laughs> yeah, and, and I don't ask, think you, ask, don't move on, dude. Just like, look, you get it, right? Baseball's a long season. There's ups, there's downs, there's streaks, there's uh, there's droughts. But like, ask ask Chase Utley what it was like during you know when he was going through a slump. Ask. You know, uh, any any great player that played in the city had slumps. I mean, it's ask Allen Iverson what it was like to have. It's absurd. It's like, of course, the guy's going to have, uh, you know, Ofer games. It's just going to happen. But I mean, to say that oh, the, well, well, the city's obviously going to turn on him is you're right, Chuck. It's absolutely lazy. It's 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 oh my god. But also I ask get- Chase Sentley what it was like when he came back in August, you know, last year and got two standing ovations. Playing for the Dodgers. No one is saying that the city demands perfection from every player. All the city demands is effort from the player. And that's really all it comes down to. Yeah, and it's the we're a vocal fan base, literally. We we will give you our feedback. And it's booing. I mean, like and real quick, this is gonna be the only Flyers coverage you get tonight. How many times have the Flyers been booed at the end of the period? Like tons. Ooh, tons. You know, and every game and, I've gone to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and not just this season, but when you have great teams and if you put up a lackluster period, you're gonna hear about it. You know, unless you're on an incredible stretch, you're going to hear the boos. And if your power play is just passing the puck around and not shooting and the power play has been really inefficient, you're going to get booed. It's it's not we hate you. It's not we want you to fail. Is it that is... booing or is that 20,000 people yelling, shoot? <laughs> well, it depends Every who has the, the puck. Every time the puck goes to the point. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it depends who has the puck. And th- there's a subtle distinction there. But right, There's about like 700 pounds of human flesh between the puck and the net. But yeah, shoot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the the thing about Philadelphia fans though is we we know the games, we know what we're talking about. So you're going to get that kind of atmosphere. You may not get it in the middle of June in a game, you know, that doesn't necessarily, you know, maybe somebody from one of the West Coast teams yes. in the middle of a in the middle yes. of a uh, of, of a series. But w- when, when we start getting into a tight race or, you know, those important games in August and September against the, you know, the, the Mets or, or the Braves or the Nationals or God forbid the Marlins, we will be there and we will, you will have the same energy from the crowd that you had tonight as you did then. Just ask those teams that were in uh, 07, 08, 10, not, you know, 9, Jake. 10, 11. Jake Arietta tonight got a standing ovation for taking an at-bat to 12 pitches, and he didn't get a hit. Right. <laughs> Don't tell me that this fan base doesn't know what they're talking about and doesn't reward maximum effort. It's the same thing I preached to my son who had his first Little League game. I said, look, you strike out, you strike out. Like, that's the f- that everybody strikes out. But go down swinging. Like, I don't want to see you looking at a third strike. Like, take your shot. Like, maximum effort. Do everything you can. Give it all you got. Leave it all on the field. Like, all that stuff. It's not just cliches that just get said to be said around here. Right. Yeah. Very well put. Well, thank you. <laughs> all right uh last thing on the phillies before we close out the show which we got to talk about nothing else um overreaction theater phillies are the best team in baseball phillies are the best lineup in baseball yeah where, uh, where, where do you put them in the uh as, as representing the national league in the world series this year i'm a lot a lot more optimistic about it than I was a few weeks ago. And I was optimistic a few weeks ago. Um, right now, I, I still I agree with you guys. I think we need to add an arm at some point. Things need to, to break well for us. But, man, if we if we don't screw it up too bad, this lineup is killer. Like, I, I'm expecting extraordinarily fun games because no lead is safe. 
no deficit is too big. Like, like you know, this game, these games are going to come down to the wire, whether we want them to or not. Like, so I think the, the Phils have a, a real threat to, to do some damage, you know, maybe not win the world series, but I, I think the whole rest of the national league is, is looking at Philadelphia right now. I'll say that with confidence, whether people think the Phillies are the best team in the league or not. The whole national league is looking at Philly right now, knowing we're a threat. When you look at your schedule now and you see three games against us and you're, you know, scheduled to pitch in that series, you, you've got to feel a little uncomfortable knowing that you've got to try to, especially if you're a starter, you've got to try to go through that lineup three times to get a quality start. And you're looking at one through eight and knowing that you've got to try to work your way through that, that group, that, that literal murderer's row, you know, it, I don't understand how you would be comfortable against this lineup. It's 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 really fun to watch, and and that's what I'm most excited about. I, I feel like this is that phase, though, and and I'll, I'll admit it because you know this is my life. Uh, you know, I'm in that phase where if you remember back to high school or or college when you would meet a girl and she'd be, you know, a knockout. She'd be beautiful, maybe probably the best girl you've ever seen, and you've got her phone number, and you go home, and and you know. Do you call her? How many days do you have to wait before you you can call again? I love this like window into Gene's adolescence uh, right now. This <laughs> yeah. is great. So go ahead, Gene. So you know they always said to you the rule was three days, but see, and you guys know me, I, I was I always had the urge to, like I, I couldn't resist. So like I would be the guy that like if I met a girl at a party at midnight and and went home, I, I would leave a message on her machine at two a.m. like that. <laughs> That's me, and that's how excited I am right now. Like, I, this lineup is 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 the girl, and I want to call her at two a.m. and just tell her how freaking hot I think she is. That's that's <laughs> that's 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 me right now oh with this lineup. Well, that's the annoying thing about the start of baseball season because, like, first off, opening day is the best first day of any sport. Yeah, right, like. Kick all like your first football game. I mean, the, the first basketball, first hockey, it, it, none of it compares to the opening day of Major League Baseball. It's just something about it being springtime. And I don't know. For some reason, I'm like, uh, old, it's the most optimistic I'll ever be of any day, the uh, opening day of baseball. So, like, right there, you got that. And then the other thing about it is, is like, it's the worst baseball schedule if you are excited about baseball and want to watch it (laughs) because the games are like inconsistent they're not at the times that they normally are when you get into the middle of the year and it's like uh, i don't know like i didn't even get to see the first two games like really tonight's game was the only game i got to watch um so yeah i know i know you're talking about it's like oh i want more i want more baseball and and the thing that's great about baseball and maybe the thing that has always made baseball kind of almost always edge the other sports is is why and and maybe it's because it's just what i'm watching right now and that's typical of me too but um i love the the routine of baseball even when like the phillies are bad and they were bad for so much of my life I, i just the the entire you know once you get into that rhythm of you know you know one game at one you know it's on every day it's on at the same time it's 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 you know one series to the next series that even if you're a bad team you can kind of be like well maybe we can win this series you can look at mm-hmm. you can you can kind of micronize the 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 game and and be like you know winning the series is kind of a, a thing that's important and you can be looking forward to young players coming up late in a year so baseball kind of always had that magic of you 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 you, you could never just you know the other sports when 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 the fly you know the last week I'll, I'll be very honest I, the flyers have been nearly impossible for me to watch for more than like ten minute stretches <laughs> like and I love hockey but I just can't and. And everybody else around me who's not us has been talking about the NCAA tournament. But, I, you know, I just I just couldn't, man. Like, I just could not get my juices up for, for, for the tournament this year. I, I, you know, it, all I cared about was waiting with, for Thursday. Like, that was all week. I just was so – I just couldn't wait to see this, you know, the way this offense looked. And then, my God, it was better. 
Like, rarely in life when you get to be as old <laughs> as we are, are there things that you look forward to like you did, like, Christmas Eve when you were when you were a little kid, and, and yeah. then you get so excited, and then when you're an adult, everything you get excited for ends up sucking, because it's like, god damn it, I had to wait in line, or, or I had to, like, or the food was cold, or the movie was, was, was terrible, or whatever you look forward to, you know, so, something always, or you get on the internet and everybody tells you why you should hate it, um, but the beautiful thing about the Phillies in 2019 is I was really looking forward to this, and there hasn't been anything that has taken the the shine off of this apple. Like, everything has been absolutely better than what I expected for this for this season to start. This was exactly how the opening series had to go. The only thing that would be better is if we can go down and kick the Nationals in the teeth now with their own best player of all time. Yeah, I mean Tuesday night is uh is must see TV when we go when we go play the Nationals. So all right, well let's take uh let's take your shiny apples, Gene, and micronize this show and head over to <laughs> Chuck's Polly Box. <laughs> uh, I I was gonna let micronize slide. Um No, I'm calling it out the micronization. <laughs> it was such a like I'm like ready to run a roll. Yeah, yeah he's on a roll. Just let him go. <laughs> and Gene will give you a break, a uh, chance to get some water there after that beautiful soliloquy. Uh, Dave, Dave, who is in your penalty box tonight? All right. This is the only Sixers coverage you're going to get on this show today. <laughs> uh, but Joel Embiid uh, is sitting for the next three games. Well, I guess we already played one of them because we beat the Timberwolves without him. Um, but Joel Embiid is sitting for three games uh, for load management. Uh, so I am putting in my penalty box whoever came up with the phrase <laughs> load management. Uh, what happened to just like rest or minutes restriction or we're going to give them a couple of nights off? Why do we have to call it load management? Like it's something a porn star has to worry about. So for that reason, I'm putting whatever hipster came up with load management into the penalty box. <laughs> All right, Dave went there, and uh, Joel Embiid will not be going there because he's got to manage his load. Uh, <laughs> for the people who've come up with load management, um, you're getting a 60-minute spin cycle uh, followed with a, a double rinse and uh, <laughs> four minutes for making Dave think of porn. Uh, Gene, Gene, who is in your penalty box? Mine is semi non-sports related, but I've noticed at least three different cases this week. One was in, I think, the Philadelphia suburbs, and one was here in Delaware, uh, in Newark, where people are driving their cars into buildings. And... (laughs) Uh, it's like become epidemic. There have been people, the, the, there was a car, and I think the one that was in the Philly suburb, it literally took out somebody's porch, crashed into another house, and the house caught fire. Um, the, a restaurant is going to be closed for weeks now in, in Newark, Delaware, because somebody ran their car into the brick wall and knocked the wall in, in a restaurant. <laughs> Please, motorists, stop hitting buildings. Don't do it. They're like the easiest thing to avoid. Avoid building. <laughs> I the one of the most bizarre things I've ever seen in my whole life was I was coming home from school, I was in high school, and somebody had driven their car into a financial advisor's office building and there was a computer. This is like 1997, so it was like a you know a lap a desktop computer sitting on the hood of a car. The car was inside their office, and there's a bunch of people in suits standing around a car inside of an office. It was insane. Please, people, motorists, drunk drivers, sober drivers, stop hitting buildings. Avoid buildings. What do you, what do you got for that, Chuck? <laughs> um. All right. For motorists who hit buildings, um, your license is revoked. Um, that's a 10 minute game misconduct and I can't believe we're having this conversation Chuck who's in your penalty box it was gonna be about the whole you know Canadian women's hockey league shutting down and be kind of serious but I'm just not in that mindset anymore so I'm in my penalty box I'm putting myself in my penalty box for calling out Philadelphia as a baseball town uh, I did it last summer. I said some things that I might still agree with, 
but this this recent fervor and the fan reaction has shown me that there are a lot of smart baseball fans in this city. There are a lot of people who react the right way. There are a lot of people who know when a ball is fair or foul, when it's going to be a home run or a pop fly. There are a lot of smart baseball fans in the city. We've seen a lot of them on display. So maybe it's less of a bandwagon town and more of a hibernating town or maybe more of a um, save your money kind of town. So I'm putting myself in my penalty box, getting a double minor for low expectations. Hit a home run. (laughs) (laughs) All right, everybody. That's all the show. That's all the show we had time for today. Uh, It's getting late after these, after these games. Um, be sure to – are we going to come back with an episode later on this week? Are we finally going to do it? Are we going to do a bonus episode this week? Flyers eulogy? We'll do some sort of bonus episode. Yeah, I think we, we got to do something. We owe it to the people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, the people <laughs> demanded it, so we will deliver. I mean, I get messages multiple times a day asking for bonus content, so we we really need to do it. From people other than us? No. <laughs> from you guys. <laughs> All right, but if we don't see you then, we'll be sure to see you next Monday where we're going to talk about more Philly stuff and uh, probably a, a a Sixers playoff preview, maybe. And we got to talk about Jordan Howard a little bit because the Eagles finally got the running back. So we'll be back with more, uh, more great content next week. Uh, be sure to rate uh, and uh, subscribe to the show on iTunes. Uh, it really helps us out, helps other people find the show. And check us out on social media because we're active on Facebook, Twitter, and a little bit on uh, Instagram. So just search Podadelphia. Uh, if you have any more time in your podcast listening day, be sure to check out The Whip Around, our sister show for all your weird and comedy news. Um, but have a great day at work, everybody. Philly sweep this week.